All right, welcome to another episode of the Daniel Energy Partners in Basin Observation Podcast. Uh, this week, we've got Sean Mitchell, Jeff Jay, and Bill Austin coming to you from the Daniel Energy Partners offices, where John is, as usual, on the road, so we're going to do this without him this week. And really, this week, what we're going to end up talking about is Q3 earnings for EMP and OFS companies so far. We're, we're recording this on... November 7th, the same day as the Astros uh, big parade here in <laughs> yeah, Houston. We, we got to talk about the Astros right. a little bit, Bill. I mean, we come do. on. <laughs> I know. I was. I wanted to get to it. It's, it's a big deal. Like, kids are out of school. People are very excited about it around here, as they should be. Um, Sean, you were at the game on Saturday, right? Yeah. And when, uh, when Alvarez hit that home run, uh, I don't think I've seen that stadium erupt like that ever uh it was it was pretty amazing uh stuff but uh yeah no the go astros uh, yeah. what a great team and what a great story uh these guys have to tell so it's awesome yeah i mean people in houston are pretty excited i'm sure the people in dallas are not as excited but that's, that's okay we have, we're all still friends um all right so why don't we go right into it uh sean and, and jeff you've both been listening to probably every call that that is in our universe i know john has obviously as well but really want to start with you guys what you know what are some of your takeaways from the last you know week two weeks and a half and uh like where do we think we're going from here well first i'll start with jeff thanks for all your help during uh obviously thank you to all the partners here at daniel energy because we've all been participating and listening to these calls and there's uh, been a it, lot of them and there's yeah. been a lot of them it takes a village uh yeah. We're tired, so if we sound a little sleepy, there's a reason. Uh, but, yeah, Jeff, why don't you start off with kind of the upstream CapEx stuff we were yeah, talking about earlier. Yeah, I mean, you know, to me, the interesting part is, and I, I think it's probably no surprise to people that follow us, that, you know, we've been, uh, I guess, expecting upward pressure on CapEx budgets all year. That's been coming through in droves. And, you know, yet again on, you know, this uh, slew of calls, you know, budgets for 2022, you know, are heading north once again. Um you know, from the last time we sort of clocked in on the Q2 calls, you know, the budgets for the companies we track, the publics are up about 4% from the last time, which brings year-over-year growth to about 43% from 2021. And, you know, I mean, the usual culprits, right? You've got inflation. Um, you know, some people blame some supply chain issues on the completion side, but that was uh, not as uh, prevalent as as the uh, as, as just regular inflation and, and sort of non-working, you know, interest drilling uh, increases. So that's been the big driver. Interestingly, people have started to comment on 2023, which normally they save for for later. Um, but I think people are trying to highlight that and these inflationary pressures are, you know, are still there. They're going to bleed into next year. You know, if you sort of took a, you know, a broad survey of all the calls, I'd say most people expect another 10 to 15 percent. In some cases, it's unclear whether that 10 to 15 percent is like, average to average or from here. Um, probably from here based on, you know, what we're hearing. Um, and, you know, again, a lot of the same suspects out there. Um, you've got, you know, obviously labor issues and pricing and contract repricing is a big element where people have had legacy contracts that are rolling over and, you know, leading rates have shocked a lot of people, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, leading edge rates, Sean, we talked about this, you know, $40,000 a day. Now, yep. you know, Obviously, we've been hearing kind of from our contacts in the field for a long time that pricing was ratcheting up. Well, we definitely heard, I mean, I'll go back to the Scotland conference, right? In, in late August, right before Labor Day uh, and right before Barclays, you know, we had 
definitely indications from that event that uh, land contract jewelers were seeing rates in the high 30s, right? And they didn't really say low 40s, but you, you definitely got the in, the idea that these guys were headed there. I think someone asked the question about what would keep you from getting to 40, and it was like nothing. Right. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so I don't think it was a huge surprise to us, but you're right. I think a lot of this stuff is, is happening in real time. Obviously, we, we saw that on, on uh, some of these Q2 service calls. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, no, I mean, there's definitely this kind of idea of repricing inflation. I think it is interesting, though. I think, you know, what I've heard, you, you and I have listened to some of the similar calls, some different, but the repricing across the board, again, I think is people are looking at 10 to 15%. It is a little nuanced because to, to your point, and right. John obviously wanted to make sure that we reiterated this, it's, is it really 10 to 15% year over year? Is it 10 to 15% from where we are at current levels? I got to think it's these people are thinking 10 to 15% from current levels, right. but, not year over year, just based on some of the activity. But, you know, gains. Wall Street consensus is ticked up, right? right. Uh, yep. And, I mean, so I think, again, sort of Q2 timeframe, if you looked at 2023 CapEx estimates for the EMPs, the big publics that we follow, U.S. CapEx was expected to be up about 15%. It's now, I'm working from memory, so don't hold me to it, but I think it's now up like 22 percentage points or thereabouts yep. um, from 2022 levels. So average to average, that's up 22%, and it's not all activity, right? I mean, right, clearly yeah. activity's yeah. going up, which we'll get to, um, but there's clearly, you know, there's a big difference between a rig that you contracted in November 2021 yes, there is. and the yes. one you're getting today. Well, and I think that's a, you know, that's a snowball that just continues to roll downhill. Well, let's, that's a good lead into the activity kind of discussion. Let's talk a little bit about that because I think we've, we both agree that there's a number of, like, I think coming into earnings, I would have said that a lot of the private guys that we heard from, for example, in Scotland, we're talking about laying down rigs in Q4 and the privates, I mean, there, there seemed to be this kind of narrative that like, hey, the privates are slowing down. Q4 yep. is going to be right. kind of a lull in activity, flat to down. Yeah. I Late think space. what we're seeing is it may, maybe not. But um, let's just talk about activity a little bit. What have you heard from some yeah. of the EMP calls that you've listened to? Well, this I mean, for, for the Q3 calls, I mean, you've got people that have added activity already, right? Some, some we knew would happen. Some were surprises, right? You had... Uh, Comstock added a couple, Callan added a couple of rigs, Ranger a rig, um, uh, Earthstone a rig, uh, and then there's people that talk about adding next year. Notably, you know, Pioneer talked about adding two rigs to their 2023 program. You know, i not really under, not sure exactly where that's going to work out, but they said their budget would be, uh, what, 4.4 to 4.7 billion in Q&A. Somebody threw that number out there. That makes sense. Right, if you think about rough numbers, two hundred million per rig per year. Yep. Right, that addition like passes the sniff test to me. EOG says they're going to add another two to three rigs with another one to two frac crews. Um, you know, Silverbow in the Eagleford said they're going to add a rig in the second half of twenty three. So clearly, activity is clicking up, um, and it's interesting to see. Obviously, for for some of the smaller companies, this will lead to a lot of growth. You know, supply growth, just generally speaking, though, feels kind of like it's, yeah. it feels like it's kind of tailing out a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at some of the big guys like Chevron, Exxon, um, you know, obviously they've grown significantly year over year. But, you know, Exxon was basically flattish with the first quarter, if memory serves, in the Permian. Chevron's grown. But again, it's not, you know, not leaps and bounds. And I'd say you can see that kind of in the big publics that, you know, feels like the growth rates are 
certainly trending a little bit lower and maybe a little bit lower even going forward. So we'll, well see. It, it is interesting too because one of the things that we don't we don't always highlight the news and news articles, but like even this morning, the Wall Street Journal article that we referenced in our note this morning, right? Yeah. I love how they call the frackers the EMP company. The frackers <laughs> say oil production slowing in the shale, right? right. Uh, the EMP companies. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, I mean, look, I think that's a. It, it's it's what I think most oil bulls would say is the is the kind of bull case for right, oil, for the, for and so it's, it's a supply side problem, right? right. And that right. and that and I think you know, did all these guys drill all their good stuff first, and do they have inventory issues? I don't know. There's a right. lot of things we can talk about on that. Well, and then you know, and Exxon, then you know, Exxon. I think maybe Chevron too on their call called out service capacity being tight as an impediment to growth for the entire industry. So. Right. I mean, maybe it's a double whammy of both those things. Maybe it's a deg- you know, asset degradation for some guys. Maybe it's some, you know equipment availability for other guys. But whatever it is, whatever the confluence of events, it certainly feels like growth is slowing. Well, and it's the other interesting comment we haven't talked about, and I wasn't really going to talk about it on this episode. But as I think about, like, I listened to the EOG call, right? I can remember those guys were the first guys to pivot from basically being a 100% gas producer to oil, right? They, they pivoted before most. They were right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're pivoting with this deal uh, and this new announcement they had on their call with the, with the, the Utica, Utica yeah. play. Right. But, man, it certainly feels different. And for me, it's like I bet there are more people like me that are watching this and saying, hey, we gotta we got to keep a closer eye on this. Right. Because this is not what EOG was doing before, and when they change, uh, I think people actually pay attention. Yeah, I mean, so we'll I, see. I talked to a you know a lot, a lot of smart. You know, it's not hard to be smarter than me, but I, there's a <laughs> there's a you know a, a friend of mine who's been pretty successful at natural gas for a long time. Who you kind of started talking about how things were tightening up uh, a couple of years ago, even, and you know he's been 100 percent right and. You know, maybe OG just kind of sees the same thing. Those guys do, you know, some tremendous supply-demand analysis. They used to be go-to guys in natural gas supply-demand space, so who knows. But clearly they see something happening. It makes it worthwhile for them to commit capital to the yeah. space. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's move on from supply growth, and let's talk a little bit about M&A. Obviously, um, there were some announcements during the earnings season yeah, here, and so let's let's talk through some of that. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, the EMP side, the big the biggie for the last couple of weeks was obviously you know Marathon Oil uh, you know, with Ensign's uh, Eagle for Deal three billion dollars. Um, you know, a, a really uh, obviously the market liked the deal um, yep. on the day it was announced and the quarter was announced same day, right? The the stocks did, the stock did well, uh, and the read through to the other sort of you know pure play um, Eagleford players. You know, was pretty uh, was pretty interesting too. I mean, I think people see a lot of stuff, a lot happening in the Eagleford, which you know is interesting to me as being a longtime buy side guy. You know, I've heard for the last probably I don't know ten years or so that the Eagleford is dead, and it just seems like it just you know it's just a gift that keeps on giving apparently, right? So that was one that was you know I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and then one on the service side, I think you'd probably... Well, the pump uh, silver tip deal, yeah. right? I mean, so they acquired something that a uh, little bit off of, and not, not off of what they do, but silver tip, obviously a completions company. Uh, uh, and I, I think, Bill, what do they have? 20 coil... 20 wireline or units. Or 20 wireline units. And pump down units. And pump down units. Yep. And so it's like, you know, this is a, a natural progression to what, what pump is already doing. Right. Um, I do think when we've talked to some of the folks, I think on both sides, it sounds like um, they're going to let Mike and his team run. Uh, Silvertip's Silver going to kind of 
run on its own, uh, if you will, which I think is probably the right strategy. Um, but look, I think the, the interesting thing here is uh, things are getting, when things start getting better in the oil patch and these kind of special M&A deals start coming to the surface a little bit, um, it, it's usually a sign that things are getting better. And right. clearly, as we've seen, not just in the quarterly calls over the la- this year, things have definitely gotten better for the service companies and maybe that's a good segue into kind of what did we hear from some of the service companies this quarter. I think going into the quarter, there were kind of two schools of thought. Hey, activity is going to slow down in the back half of this year and uh, into 23. Uh, it may not be great. There's budget exhaustion. Right. There's always well, the talk we, we heard that at Scotland too. Right, right? budget mm-hmm. exhaustion yep. and, yeah. and, and seasonality, if you will. But it's interesting because some companies are saying budget exhaustion, seasonality, and some of the other larger companies are saying, don't see budget exhaustion, don't see seasonality. Mm-hmm. In fact, don't see a slowdown into in, in, into 23. So uh, on the one hand, some of the privates putting, we talked about this earlier, some of the privates putting rigs down right. and some of that uh, chatter has been offset with some other things where people are seeing rigs get picked up, uh, not only in the, in the current quarter, but also into what we see uh, 23. I think... The interesting thing to me is I think some of the larger companies uh, look or full tilt. Yeah. We are we see a super tight market and don't see a real slowdown coming. Right. And you know I think that leads into one of the the bigger things that that the buy side community has talked about this 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 quarter with us is really been hey Patterson's got a survey out. Uh, neighbors has a survey out. You guys did a survey with the EAP right, community. Yep. I think the first thing I'll say is surveys are nuanced. Uh, they're not all the same. So let's be, be very careful <laughs> right. on how we think about we who's going to be right, who's going people. to be wrong. Right. Yep. Um, and, but I do think it, it's it's interesting because Patterson, I think, surveyed a fair number of companies. Uh, 70, 70, 70 EMP guys. Yeah, 70 EMP guys. And a lot of those are private uh, is kind of the commentary from, from their call and their transcript. Uh, look, they see the rig count up 90-ish rigs over the next four to five quarters. Um, you know, I, I think we would probably say, hey, we think the rig count based on what we see is probably up 45 to 50, 60 rigs over the same time right. period. You know, who's... But actually, absolute numbers kind of don't matter directionally, right? Right. Yeah, no. So I think I think the bottom right. line is... It's is, still healthy growth, right? I think right. as we think about what's going on in North America... It feels like activity is going to continue to bleed higher. Pricing certainly feels like it wants to bleed higher. Uh, from and I think that's you know a, one of the E and P. If you sit down and talk to some of these E and P guys, they're like you know what's your fear going into twenty three? Yeah. And I think it is, man. When are we going to see a break in service costs? Because right. it's it has been full throttle for these guys for the last couple of quarters, and I think it's really gotten. Uh, it's gotten interesting, and obviously we talked about this earlier as well. Forty thousand dollars a day. Who would have ever thought we'd be talking about forty thousand dollars day right. day rates? God, and we are. And I think we certainly didn't. I think yeah. what <laughs> well, and I and I think we yeah. we talked about this earlier. But I think some of the investment community must have been. I don't know if uh, what side of the the coin they were on, but it certainly right. felt like People everyone were not positioned well. They were not <laughs> positioned well for North right. America, right? right? I mean, uh, is what I would say. Uh, that's a great way to put it, Jeff. Yeah. Former buy sider. Yeah. Um, they were not positioned well for North America. So some of these North American levered stocks really ripped in in, in right. this quarter, and and ha- we've seen them uh, accelerate, and that's great. You know, look, I'm can't be more excited for our, our service friends. I mean, they've yep. 
it's been several years of doldrums and pricing on the bottom, mm-hmm. and so they're finally uh, they're finally starting to see some profitability. I think one other thing that we want to want make sure we hit is just capital equipment. What have we heard over the course of the calls, Bill? You've listened to some, Jeff. You've listened. We've all yep. kind of participated in some of the capital equipment discussions, but I think lead times lead for times. engines. Yeah, on the frack cat, side. Yeah, cat, cat and Cummins are still talking, what, 12 months? Right. into tw- Well, t- 2024 is sometimes what you're hearing on, on, on things. So that's... So it's stretching. So that's stretched. Wow. Yeah. And it's interesting, too. I think one of the conversations I had recently with one of the OEMs when we were in Fort Worth, Bill, at our dinner was, you know, even if even the guys that are working on, uh, like, repairing right. frack spreads that are coming in from the field that are broken, Right. He's saying, "Hey, we're milling these things out. We're, we're doing all the work, and then we're we're waiting to get the get the trailer back out into the field right. on a twelve dollar electrical part from China yeah. or whatever, right? I mean, right. It, it's like these small and these things used to have lead times of a week, and now they're saying thirty weeks for some of these electrical components, which, which is- kind of is <laughs> one of the things that is crazy because you you listen to some of the calls, and while some things in the supply chain are getting better, I think yeah. we've heard that freight." Uh, shipping oh, yeah, rates that's a good point. The freight. Uh, and freight is getting better. So shipping times are getting better. You saw that in Maersk's announcement. Uh, the shipping rates have come down quite a bit. It'll be interesting to see, though, and this is, again, a little off topic, but, you know, as we switch from, you know, what was, uh, you know, as one of our investor friends put it, was we switch from just in time to just in case. Yeah. <laughs> if the easing in the supply chain that you're seeing, if things do kind of get better, how long that'll take to really work through the system as people just try to make sure they stock enough spares, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't know. It's a fascinating thing that's going to play out over the next several quarters as we listen to these calls. But, you know, you wonder how much better the supply, the, the sort of lead times get as people just sort of hoard spares to make sure they've got the stuff they need. That's right. Yeah, that's that's a not, not that's industry agnostic, right? Like that's kind of right. throughout the entire supply chain. How are people going to operate going forward? Well, and one of the things we've also talked a little bit about, we, I mean, I think you, you, you alluded to this earlier, EOG is picking up a couple of frack spreads next year. Look, there's definitely this uh, concern on the part, I would say, of the investment community that, oh, my gosh, we're going to go build more frack spreads. We're going to yep. build more rigs. And, oh, my gosh, we're going to just just about the time this thing is working, we're going to unravel it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think, it, you know, I think we victory. have right. like the, the working frack count today in that 270 to 275 range. Yep. Um, you know, it, it, the bottom line is, is I think a lot of the companies, Bill, you were yeah, privy to a conversation we had and a podcast we did with ProFrack. Right. Um, what did he say about um, – activity or, or adding new acquire retire replace that's right that's i mean and, yeah. and i think for them it's like hey this is a re- this is more about a replacement cycle than a new build cycle mm-hmm. i think we've heard jeff miller yep. hal burton basically say this is a margin cycle not a build cycle the, the one of the things that's really sticking out to to us i think on the on the calls this quarter is these guys are you know while the emp companies have been it's been beat into their heads that you know, discipline, 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 capital, discipline matters. And they're, they're all talking about the return of capital to shareholder strategies. We're actually starting to see some of that with some of the service companies. Right. I think next year talked about it on their call there. I think half of the free cash flow to shareholders. Uh, they, I think um, Halliburton didn't commit to a metric, but did say stay tuned when got asked the question. So I think as a industry, these guys are actually – 
thinking about how are we going to return cash to shareholders? Because I think they know, yeah. like, hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the likelihood of investors wanting to invest in the sector uh, when your EMP friends are all returning cash to shareholders and giving it back either through a quarterly dividend, a variable dividend, right. and a share buyback and retiring debt. I mean, I think it but, becomes it. It becomes almost mandatory right, for these right. guys to do this. Well, and it's interesting that it's happening, we hear on the private side for both too, right? We And again, I would say probably around either Telluride or Scotland, we started hearing about private guys saying, hey, you know what, we're just, we're, we're, we're giving a lot of distributions back to our partners, as opposed to sort of thinking about other exits. So they started returning capital. And now, you know, we're hearing, or John's hearing, I think that some guys are saying, hey, maybe instead of building a new piece of equipment, We'll just you know make a distribution, right? Yeah. So I mean, it seems like uh, that's going to be a pervasive theme kind of throughout the, yeah, you know, throughout the sector. Yeah, the, that capital discipline that has been pounded into everyone's head is starting to come to fruition, or whichever, however, however you'd like to think about it. Right. Well, I think to just kind of recap, big picture, yeah, what we're seeing in terms of the conference calls this quarter. Number one, EP capex. Seems to be higher, not lower next and, year. And trending, yeah. Trending. And trending yep. higher. Uh, inflation is still happening for oil service companies. Pricing is still seems to be moving higher mm-hmm. for the for the time being. We'll see how long that lasts. And obviously, that's a function of of activity as well. Lead times, while getting better in some cases, it feels like lead times and supply chain issues still exist. Yep. In some things, and some of the smaller things that we've we've heard about are really important to getting back out into the field mm-hmm. so right. i mean all of that points to in, for me is like okay pricing's continuing to move higher but more importantly just big picture supply growth to your point earlier yeah like it it does seem like it puts a limit forget about whether shale you know uh supply growth is is doable or not right right it feels like it, you know that the industry is definitely faced with some hurdles or roadblocks in the form of equipment right. to do the work. Um, and, and it seems like that's going to persist at least into 23. I don't know if it's all the way through 23 into 24, but man, it just, it feels like the market's still really tight. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's a hundred percent right. I think that's a really solid recap. So, um, well, Bill, anything well, else? Uh, no, I think that's, uh, I think we've hit kind of everything that we wanted to. I mean, we're going to try to keep these podcasts going, hopefully have more good conversations with Jeff and Sean and some others outside of the DEP team. Um, but and then yeah. we're, and then we, just to recap where we are in terms <laughs> right. of our events, because that's what we like that's to do. That's what we like to remind everyone um, about that. We are, uh, our Christmas party is December 8th at uh, my house. Uh, and then we have, we put out our agenda, I believe, right. for Thrive, for Thrive which is February 22nd, 23rd? Yep. 22nd, right? 23rd at Minute Maid Park, which will be kind of exciting. Maybe right. more right. people will come because the Astros won the World Series, so they'll want to come down. Um, but anyway, if uh, if you're out there listening and you want to hear more from us, um, we also have a website where you can go right um, to our Daniel Energy Partners website to hear more about subscribing to our product um which we encourage which we encourage yeah. people to do and you know please subscribe to the podcast you know we're, we're going to keep this thing up to date and it'll be on the website it'll be on a bunch of our different like the w- places that we advertise linkedin i guess is our, our other one but you know reach out to any one of us uh, email um call whatever whatever works the best for you well bill thanks thanks yeah. for having us in yeah thanks thanks jeff thanks right. Sean. Bye. see ya